first passage that we'll look at this morning is Malachi chapter 3. Here we'll look at the one of the passages that speaks to the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, and it's the words there about our giving. And then we'll look at a passage in 2 Corinthians that then expands upon, that builds upon that within the, the New Covenant uh, according to the ways of Jesus as it applies to our giving. Malachi chapter 3, starting with verse 8, moving through verse 12. Let us pray together. Gracious God, again we give you thanks for your word written, for the, the truth, the eternal truth, the, the wisdom, the life that your written word brings to us. And we pray your spirit would be at work in us as you apply it in our lives so that we participate in your wonderful gifts, in your powerful purposes, and in your, your, your life-giving wisdom. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Malachi 3, verse 8, found on page 778 in your uh, pew Bible. Hear the word of the Lord. Will anyone rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how are we robbing you? In your tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse. For you are robbing me. The whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse. So that there may be food in my house. And thus put me to the test says the Lord of hosts. See if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you an ever-overflowing blessing. I will rebuke the locust for you so that it will not destroy the produce of your soil. And your vine in the field shall not be barren, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations will count you happy, for you will be a land of delight says the Lord of hosts. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And it presents that way of the the old covenant. The the, the clear commands of God. The the laws that He gives His people. You are to take your your tithes and offerings. You are to take 10% off the top of your bounty And bring it in to the storehouses of the Lord. Bring it into the temple. Into the place where God resides. Into the place where the the work, the purposes, the, the continual ministry of God flows from. Bring it there. And if you do, when you do, the bounty will come upon you as a people. Now it's important to to note here. That this is not an individual. 
This is not a you. This is a y'all that he says. That's why, you know, Southern English is closer to Biblical English, or Biblical Greek, or Hebrew, the Biblical language here, since it clearly gives that plural sense of you. But it's straightforward. The, the people of God in the, the days of Malachi were not bringing their tithes and offerings into the storehouses. And because they weren't doing it, they were robbing God. Prophets had a way of just cutting to the chase. That's not very southern, actually. We tend to run around the, walk around the bushes, beat around the bush, and do all kinds of stuff before we really get to the point. The prophets weren't like that. Said to the people, you're robbing God. This is, this is part of the command from the very beginning. Part of the, the system from the very beginning. And if you simply will obey and follow, you will receive blessing beyond what you can imagine. Now, we in the Presbyterian church sometimes avoid that word. Because we don't want to be in any way labeled health and wealth. And I have a particular penchant against clearly saying what Malachi is saying, what the scriptures teach, that if, if we give, God will bless. Because my, I grew up in the days of Jimmy Swaggart and Jim Baker. When they were in the headlines. And many of you know who they are. And those of you who don't know who you are, consider who they are, you might want to consider yourself blessed. But those were televangelists who taught health and wealth gospel. That if you individually will give to my ministry, then God will bless you with all the health and wealth you've ever wanted. They took passages like this and misapplied them. And it showed in their ministry. And they both uh, in, were um, caught in illegal acts that really were harmful to the witness of the gospel. Some say, well, you know, this... Passage is clear, yes, bring your tithes into the storehouses, but we live in a different day. I mean, we live in the day of Jesus. This is the, the new covenant. I mean, we, we no longer live in the days of circumcision. We live in the days of baptism. We, we no longer live in the days of sacrificing of animals in the temple. We live in the day of the, the finished work of Christ, the once and for all sacrifice. Of God in the flesh. We no longer live in the day, in the old covenant day of the Passover meal. We live in the new covenant day where we gather at the Lord's table to celebrate the Lord's Supper. So do we still live in the day of the tithe? I will say to you, no. We live in a different day. But don't get too excited or don't get too upset. 
We live in a day that calls for cheerful giving. We live in a day that calls for sacrificial giving. In a giving that brings joy to the one who gives and to all who receive. Let's look at one of the passages that I think best describes that. And that's in 2 Corinthians Chapter 9, verses 6 through 15. Found on page 942 in your pew Bible. The point is this. The one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And the one who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each of you must give as you have made up your mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance, so that by always having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. As it is written, He scatters abroad. He gives to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way for your great generosity, which will produce thanksgiving to God through us. For the rendering of this ministry not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also overflows with many thanksgivings to God. Through the testing of this ministry, you glorify God by your obedience to the confession of the gospel of Christ and by the generosity of your sharing with them and with all others. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God that He has given you. Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. Now important to notice the context here. What Paul is doing is he's writing to the church in Corinth. Because he's going to be there shortly. And there he wants to receive from the church in Corinth their gift, their pledge to the church back in Jerusalem. Because the mother church in Jerusalem is in need. They're going through troubling times. And so Paul is sending word to Corinth, listen, be sure to have your gift ready. Because I'm going to receive it and then we're going to take it to Jerusalem. And this is how you get it ready. You get it ready by participating in God's ministry with a cheerful heart. The first principle, he wants to make it clear. Same one from Malachi. Just said with an agricultural metaphor. You sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. You sow bountifully, you also reap bountifully. You you give little, you get little. You give bountifully, you receive bountifully from God. Now what's interesting is the word bountifully is the same word, is the word we get eulogy from. 
It really means blessing. The one who sows blessings will also reap blessings. I mean, it's one of the principles of the divine economy. Now, hold off here from thinking that giving blessing means giving money and receiving blessing means getting money. God's blessing is far greater than something as temporal as money. It's important, and God gives that, but He gives blessing, as we'll see, something far more greater than giving money. So the first principle, give abundantly of yourself. Verse 7, each of you must give as you've made up your mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Give according to your conviction. With your your total consideration, give according to where you feel called to give. That's what he's saying. Don't give out of pain. Don't give out of guilt. Don't give out of duty even. Don't give out of compulsion. No, that, that cuts off the blessing. It doesn't matter how many millions you give. If you're giving out of compulsion or pain or guilt or some other reason, if it's not out of joy, then you're missing out on what Paul presents to us here as this cycle of God's blessing that we give, that we receive. Be instead a cheerful giver, a joyful giver. The word for cheerful, you've probably heard this over and over, but it's wonderful that the the word that is cheerful here is the same word that we get hilarious from. Be an hilarious giver. Participate in God's economy, which He's about to present more fully, in, in hilarity. I mean, just dance and sing and rejoice as you participate and give financially, sacrificially to the work of God's kingdom. That's what He wants to... Because, because as we'll see, that's the way God gives. God gives in hilarity. And as we said at the very beginning, it is the very nature of God to give sacrificially, and with hilarity, with joy, with freedom, with celebration. Verse 8 and 9. And God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance, so that by always having enough of everything, you, might, you may share abundantly in every good work. Did you catch the use of the superlatives there? All the everys and the alls and the abundantlies? We participate in this this divine economy of giving and giving cheerfully because we know God will provide all the time, in all ways, in every manner. Paul wants to make it clear. Matter of fact, in the Greek, the word all is used three times in a row in different ways. 
in the original, and that's exactly what you're to catch here. Every blessing, in abundance, always, having enough of everything. Just, just the phrase, having enough, totally goes against the grain of the world. I mean, how different we would be if we simply left here knowing that in Jesus Christ we have enough. And we were satisfied. We were content. That's one of the signs of this meal. Is take all the bread, take all the juice you want, because we have enough. Now if you eat a whole bunch, it might take us a little bit to get it, but we'll have enough. In God, we have enough. Now, look at the, the results, or, or look at where it all ends, the very end of the passage, of verse, verse 8. We have enough, not so that we get what we want, not so that we get to drive the car that we want, the right model, the right color, not so that the house has all the bathrooms we want, or is totally freed of leaks. But it's so that we are prepared and have all we need in order to do every good work. That's the blessing of the kingdom. See, that's, that's the, 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 the cycle of God's economy here. Is God gives, we give, so that we participate in every good work that God has for us to do. That, that may mean... Giving of money to participate in that. And that's the focus of this passage. And that's the focus of our time, uh, for really for, the last, for the, this consumed series. But also it may be of time. Of other resources. Of homes. Of cars. Of whatever things that we have, we have been given. So that we are prepared and ready to participate in every good work God has for us. So the point of giving is in order to participate in God's divine economy. We also have to recognize, verse 10, that God is the one who supplies all that we have in the first place. He has put it in our hands for the eternal results of His kingdom. Again, in order to carry out the eternal cycle of the heavenly hilarity of God's economy. He, verse 10, He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Not of my pleasure, not of my wants, but of my righteousness. Something more important, much more significant than my pleasure or my wants. It's wonderful that God is the grand economist. So that the results of our giving and participating in Him end up multiplying our righteousness. God's the one that has put it in our place. God has put us in the positions that we are in so that we can participate in His eternal cycle of hilarity. Verse 11. You will be enriched in every way for, for the purpose of, 
your great generosity. And now he adds the third part of the cycle, which will produce thanksgiving to God through us. First off, the gifts are put there for our generosity. And the, the word generosity there actually is a, the, the meaning is authenticity. And the picture that he's painting here is of a, a purity of purpose. That our giving is connected to God's giving. That our generosity is connected to God's generosity. That we become in our authentic relationship with God, in our pure relationship with God, we become conduits of His generosity to the rest of the world. And the result is thanksgiving. Verse 12. For the rendering of this ministry not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also overflows with many thanksgivings to God. This giving, and and particularly in this context, is the Corinthian church giving money to the needs of the church in Jerusalem. That is a ministry. It is a, a ministry. Verse 12. This is the rendering of this ministry. Not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also overflows with many thanksgivings to God. The word ministry there is the same word we use to translate liturgy. It's worship. When we give to the needs of those around us, to the needs of the church around the world, that is an act of worship. That is an act of celebration because we are participating again in God's cycle of giving to the needs of the world. It is clear from this passage biblically that when we give, we worship. Look at verse 13 even. Through the testing of this ministry, you glorify God by your obedience to the confession of the gospel of Christ. Our giving is a testimony to our obedience to the gospel of Christ. And the result of this cycle of hilarity, as we receive from God's generosity, as we give then to others, they receive and they overflow with thanksgiving unto God. Finally, we're told that through the, the testing of this ministry, we bring glory to God. That it brings God glory and praise. I mean, it, it, it goes full circle. It starts with God, goes through us, through others, and then ends with God. To where it all comes back to Him. To which Paul then ends simply in doxology. Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. And His indescribable gift is that we get to participate in the divine cycle of hilarity. The, the, the heavenly economy that is hilarious, that flows through us, that multiplies through us through the work of God's Spirit. So, where does this tithing fit in here? Does it have any application at all? I would say, yes. 
It's a great place to start. It's God's way. For some of us, some of this is his old hat. You've heard this many times over. And I pray and hope that you're moving even beyond and that you've participated in God's hilarious giving. And your responsibility is not to keep it for yourself, but to teach your children and grandchildren or to teach your parents and grandparents, to teach whomever, to pass that on, to be a a witness to how you have participated in God's hilarious economy. And share that with others so that they might too participate in it. For others of us here, it's a, a new thought, or if not new, a challenging one. To take 10% of what God has given us and off the top, give it away. To, to give it away to the work of the kingdom. Now, for me, this has been my habit, this is Kathy and I's habit for 20 years, to, to give 10% and even beyond 10%. But of that 10%, what we do, this may be a new thought, I don't think it's really the practice here, but what we've always done is we give 5% to the local congregation of which we participate, and then we give 5% to the world. Because of our where we are, and seminary, and friends, and Indonesia, and and Singapore, and um, uh, South Africa, um, and uh, around the world, we take 5% and give it to those ministries around the world. I'll be honest with you, I don't think God cares. What God cares about is you being a cheerful giver. Is participating in that hilarious part of God's kingdom. In, in giving sacrificially to, to the work of God's kingdom so that He is glorified, so that you are changed, and so that thanksgivings, a multitude of thanksgivings, roar up to the heavens. What I encourage each of us here, if, if we are seeking to be followers of Jesus, is to make that our practice. And if it's not happening now to be working towards it, and if we're there to be sharing with others and even going beyond. Because we have an abundant blessing in order to participate in God's hilarity. Now what I've asked the uh, ushers to do is to distribute to you a little card that's sort of a marking the moment kind of card. And it's just to give you, we're going to hopefully receive these in two weeks and you'll you'll see them you'll be able to read them but it says what could you give to find freedom what could you give in order to truly be freed to participate in God's kingdom and then on the back side there are places for you to consider where is God leading you through this series as we explore the scriptures about giving, being freed from the bondage of the ways of the world, being freed from being consumed by what we consume, being freed to be consumed by the one who creates us, being consumed by the love of God, how does that translate to your money and time? 
And it gives you a whole bunch of options. You might be able to pick one. You might be able to pick four. Only God will lead and direct you. And this is for you to consider and pray for in the next two weeks. So that then we'll receive. And as I've mentioned to you before, we're a part of 30-something churches in the Cincinnati area that are doing this. And what we want to do as our 30-something churches is then to take the, the numbers that we receive in two weeks and bring them all together to get a sense of what God has done as He has used this in the church of Jesus Christ, a part of the church of Jesus Christ, in our community. So that in three weeks, four weeks from now, we'll just have one number of hours and one number of dollars that God has used, that God has freed to be used in the heavenly cycle of hilarity. As the uh, ushers continue to get ready for the offering, musicians get into place. I uh, share with you one last uh, story of that hilarity, the cycle of God's hilarity and thanksgiving. And this is from Dr. Vijan Chinapin. You may remember I uh, lovingly called him Dr. C, to which he uh, gave me permission. But he just wanted to share back with us the different things that are happening in India as a result of the training that he had here that we as a church helped to pay for. This is about this time last year that Dr. C was here for, for training with EMI. And, and he shares with us that they published a health magazine that circulation is now 1,000 to, to 1,500. And it was in people in, the Indian, uh, in India that speak Tamil. And he says people have been reading the magazine. They've been coming to Christ. They've quit, people have been sharing their testimonies how they've quit smoking, quit being drunk. They've stopped beating their wives. They've cooked healthy food in their homes. They've learned to walk every day at least 30 and 45 minutes. They provided clothes in this area for 36 orphan children, 8 HIV families. And they celebrate regularly with happiness, joy, and thanksgiving to God. I mean, and the letter was three pages long. Of many of the thanksgivings simply that came from our little participation of helping Him gain that training and then take it back with hilarious joy back to India. Amen.